Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. And it is my pleasure to have uh, a friend of mine and guest, Tiffany Largi. Tiffany, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm excited to talk to you. Tiffany and I met a few years ago, several years ago, at a at a conference, and we were learning to be better professional speakers. We were learning to write books, and uh, we we kind of found ourselves at a table, uh, and we became fast friends uh, during the conference. And um, she's gone on to do some really great things in building a really neat movement, and I wanted her to talk to people about what she's doing and uh her her one of her big things that i always liked was you know how to not think small and and i and i've talked about it before that she is so great at learning to expand you know people's minds people's uh beliefs in what can happen and she's done that in in her movement do the damn thing so tiffany uh tell tell the listeners who you are and and what do you believe in yeah, so, you know, I'm super excited to be here with you, Mark, for sure, <laughs> hands down. And, I, you know, way back when I used to hear this notion all the time of uh, think big. And for me, I really couldn't quantify what was think big. It was like too abstract for me. And hands down, when every time I think about all that I've ever accomplished or had to fight for or sit inside of, it was, well, damn it, Tiffany, you can't think small. You just can't think small. I may not understand how big is big, but I know that I can't think small about myself, about my experience, about my values, or about my story. Yeah. Thinking small is like, a lot of people think it's trying to be safe, but it's not safe at all, right? No, it's not. I mean, when you, when you think small, you, you limit yourself, you sit underneath a roof, um, and, and, and you dumb down the capacity that you were born with. You exactly you you know you've worked with tens of thousands of people now you worked behind the scenes with Tony Robbins you've done some really great things what are what are some common just mistakes that people make in in, in the way they think and what do they need to do to to relieve themselves of of thinking small what 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 do they need to do you know oftentimes we find ourselves in this place where we're, um, it's like, number one, we're looking for validation outside of ourselves. It's kind of like in business, right? And you and I have had this conversation before where we're looking to make a new move or we're thinking about an idea or in my mind, there's just something we know that we've got to jump. Like there, we got to go and do the damn thing. But what we do is we get trapped in one of two things. Like one, we start going, let me go and ask five, 10 people, you know, mm. let, let me go and ask everybody that I can find. So we'll ask our friend or our, our sibling, our cousin, our neighbor, the person at church, you know, and we're, we're kind of running this idea about them. But truth be told, half of the people that we ask that question to, they don't have the experience in. And more importantly, they're living by fear. So the answer they're going to give you is not the answer you need. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, that's right. You talk to your dad, your husband, your wife, your brother, 
and they may not have that, you need to get out and get somebody that's either ahead of you or somebody that you, you know, can bounce ideas off of that can give you real advice, but, you know, is not tied to, I'm tied to you personally, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's kind of like, you know, you you have to, it's like, for me, <laughs> I just kind of believe that if the person hasn't experienced it yet, then their opinion, I know this is going to sound tough, but their opinion's kind of irrelevant. It's like, if I'm trying mm-hmm. to ask my girlfriend, hey, how do I really have a successful marriage? You know, and, and that's what I want to yeah. find out. How do I have a successful marriage? But she's been divorced nine times. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> as much as You're she right. loves me, she, she's probably, she's probably not in the top, you know, two million people that should. <laughs> that should walk me down that road or or it's like i'm trying to ask my friend you know i i want to know like how do i become wealthy or how do i how do i get to a million dollars but i'm i'm asking the person who's you know who hasn't gotten to twenty thousand dollars yet it's experience is a hell of a thing so your story is fascinating you started in business I think you said you're 18 or 19 or young woman and you got into, you just got into business and started to make it happen. Can you tell people kind of how you got into business, where you came from and, and like what you're doing now? Man, I, I can't believe you actually remember that number. You're exactly right. I, I, um, you know, everyone uh, finds themselves in different chapters and they're saying to themselves, like, what do I do next? And, you know, I'd, I'd love to tell you that I stumbled upon code or I just was in the right place at the right time. But the truth is, I was just desperate. I mean, um, I had two kids. As you know, Jada and Maya, they're 18 months apart. And I was in a relationship in which it was like the never ending story. It was dangerous. Um, I've, I often found myself either, um, moving or I didn't uh, moving because we were being evicted from our apartment. Um, and I was in this cycle that never felt like it was going to end. And then I became a single mom as I started trying to fight for myself and fight for the girls. But I made $10 and 22 cents an hour. And for each kid, it was a thousand dollars a kid to put them in preschool, you know? So I was like negative $400 before I even thought about things like rent or food or, you know, or like anything else. I, I just, I, it was, it was like no money city. I often just contemplated, you know, it's not even that I contemplated. I'm not even using the right word. I literally just wanted to die. That is the truth. I wanted to die. I hated life so much. You wanted to die? I did. I did, yeah, because, you know, I mean, I have two humans that I'm responsible for. I've got to respond to life. And I don't have, I can't figure out on my own how to make it happen. Um, I feel like I'm not valuable. I feel like I don't matter. No one's coming to my aid. Um, and, and, it, and it was, you know what I mean? It, it was like one of the first moments of me understanding like principle number one, which is no one was going to come and save me. You have to save yourself. I, once I made a decision to stop thinking small, specifically when it came to my story, I went from you know, going, putting the kids to bed hungry, um, being angry and, and just pissed off all the time to building a handful of multiple six-figure businesses and then on to a multiple seven-figure business. Right. And and and, and the truth is that I, I want to make sure everyone, anyone who gets the opportunity to listen to this, it's like, you know, 
it's so important for me to stop there and pause because I didn't, I wasn't in the right place at the right time. I didn't take out a loan. I don't write code. I, you know, I didn't have any like <laughs> friends who stepped in. I just made a decision to own my story and my value and not apologize for it anymore. You know, I know that to be exactly who you are. We were, when we were at a conference a couple of years ago, we were in there and you kind of learned, you realized how the, the people at the conference were making a living and exciting people and trying to give them information, but it, it, it was a business, right? It's a business of Correct. coaching, a business of, of you know, uh, bringing people maybe to another level. And you sat there and you're like, I can do all this. I can put on, <laughs> I can do all this. I remember that. I'm like... <laughs> You think you, you, you've been here for like, I don't know, a few hours and you think you can do all this There were hundreds of people in there. And, I know. you know, and, and you immediately <laughs> thought, I got this, didn't you? I remember that. You know what the truth of the matter is that I was sitting there neck, you know, mind you, I was next to my new best friend who I'd only met like that morning. Right. And right. as I was talking in your ear and I'm like, what, what's happening here? And in my mind, I'm like, do you know how hard, how, how many days, late nights, early mornings and tears it was for me to get to seven figures. And I'm like, I can do this. I, I'm sure I can do this, question mark, dot, dot, dot. And then my new best friend, um, <laughs> my new best friend, a.k.a. Mark Stoner, was like, yeah, <laughs> sure, random woman. Sure, you could do it. Sure. And then I had all the confidence and support I needed. <laughs> yeah. Well, then that's when you said, and I didn't realize it was an impactful use because you were trying to leave. You're like, I, I got this. I, I'm, I'm cutting out early. You know what's so funny about that is that the world literally is a better place all because you decided to put me in my place that day. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a grown woman. I've had so many people say some things to me, but that you pissed me off in the ways I will like I'll never forget. So I want to make sure everyone hears this story because day one of this conference, of course, I'm a know-it-all. And I say to my new best friend, hey, best friend, I know we've known each other for a couple of hours, but here's the deal. It was real meeting you. I don't want to listen to this foolishness anymore. I'm going to go to the spa. And you were like, oh, oh, well, that's a shame because you don't look like the kind of woman who <laughs> doesn't finish what she starts. I just thought you were different. You know, you talk about someone getting heated. I was like, I, I was like this man. And I remember staring at you silent, boiling, you know, like I was trying to be politically correct and tactful. And, you know, I didn't want the hood to come out of me because I'm from Miami. And I'm like, this man just, and you said it straight face. That's the best part. You weren't even like, ha ha, he, he, <laughs> you know, and this is lesson number two, you, the importance of having good people who are, um, the, who are just a game players in front of you because iron sharpens iron. And in yeah. that moment, Mark Stoner called my butt out. You made me angry. <laughs> I didn't tell you what I thought about you. I remember you looking at me. I remember we were around a couple of other people too, and uh, yeah. and we we were fast friends, right? We we <laughs> were fast friends, so I I knew we could talk, you know, and just, yeah. just be real with each other immediately. It was just like that with us, and I I, I didn't realize till later when you said that that moment you were really fast. I remember you just looked at me like, hmm. <laughs> 
you know, because here's the truth, you know, people, everyone has that person that they have to get on stage when they accept the the award. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they and they're like, this is the point where it all started. It was when Mark Stoner put me in my place. That's, that is it. Like every person around the world who's ever been touched by our work, they yes. owe it to you pissing me off. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a great story. And, and it's I've. True. Well, you know, I'm going to tell a little story on you then. So you, so initially uh, Tiffany and I, I wanted her to come in. She had some experience with selling and doing um, uh, like uh, maintenance programs and uh, continuing customer relationship programs for Xerox. You had done some pretty big work for them. And, and I told you, I was trying to develop that for my company, just maintenance plans. Like, Oh, I can do, I can help you with that. And I fly Tiffany in and, she starts digging into my business and I think she's going to come in for one program, but no, no, no. Tiffany, as she starts digging and digging, well, we can't get this done till we get that done. And we can't get that done till we do this. And mm -hmm. she uncovered about 50 problems. <laughs> Stop it. Ah, you know, what's funny. I can remember your face during those moments. I never seen a man so silent in my life. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad. Well, you were calling was, my baby ugly, but in front of right? other people, and I repeated it over and again. I, I did it in multiple forms: in audio, yeah. through through written message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it helped me. And you were so right too. That's another situation where you were called it out. You're like, hey, these things are not right. You're being told they're right, but they're not. And you could spot them. And you called some people out that have been with me a long time. And, and needless to say, they're not with me now. And you, you called them out on the carpet for what they were doing wrong. And of course, they were defensive. But you, you know, you stayed on it. And I, I have to thank you for that because it really made us a better company. But it sure isn't doesn't feel no. good when it's it happening, right? <laughs> I, I said, I said, the thing about Tiffany is she's not going to take a knife and stick you in the back. Oh, no. She's she's coming in the front. <laughs> she's going to stick you right in the heart from the front. Oh, and Mark. You out. It's not and, that uh, bad. And it, but, well, you know what? You know how I, it is. Wait, wait. You we, know what? You know what? I visual I just got that it's like open heart surgery with no with no anesthesia. Yeah. Oh, no. No, in fact, you're <laughs> laughing as you're doing it. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so taking that, you know, we both will do that for people that, you know, that we can see something. We, we you and I feel like we have to say something. It's, we're not about necessarily being nice and skipping the hard conversation. We're going to be nice and have the hard conversation, right? I mean, I've seen you do that a lot. I saw you do it in LA when we were out there doing that. You have the hard conversation. Yeah, with people, and, and you right? know, but the truth is, I, you know, there's two parts about this. I'll be honest. I yes, I have the hard conversations, but it's like when you love. How do I say this? When you love someone, when you care, or you care about them, like you, and you're in a space of leadership you almost can't do the best by them unless you get the truth to them. But then like in my case, I walked into Ashbusters and more importantly, before I even walked into Ashbusters, I mean, at that conference, I made one of the biggest decisions of my life. You know, I left, I sold my company yeah. in a week. I started the process. I, 
you know, so so that everyone who's listening, after I said I could do this in my head, I felt like I needed to do it. I had 15 employees, three offices. I flew back to North Carolina and I called my lawyers and I sold my company. Now, the truth is that I only told one person on the planet that I was doing it. And it was Mark Stoner. I couldn't mm-hmm. even. I, was I remember. You just sat there and said, this is where I'm going to do. I mean, you were fully involved in a bigger, a big business back in North Carolina. And at that conference, you made the decision, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change my trajectory. That's exactly right. It, because you're either doing the damn thing or you're not. And, and I could feel it. Yeah. And here's what's important, though. Mark gave me the ability. You gave me, Mark, the ability to have the freedom to talk out loud. And I realized at that point mm. that, you know, I, I um, up until that moment, I don't know that I had ever really spent time with people who ran businesses the size that I had, you know, or faced right. the same kind of a thing. Right. So even being able to say, listen, hey, hey, new best friend that I met four days ago, listen, you know, I, I'm going to sell my company. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. This is what's happening. I even told you about some of the drama that was happening around me. And. At that moment, I made the decision. I understood that you were willing to step up and be the leader that you were. And you told me a handful of things that changed my perspective on whether or not I was really going to go through with selling this company. And here's what's important. Not everything you said I loved, but you stepped up as the leader (laughs) from experience. And you cared enough to make sure that it was crystal clear because you would have hated for me to have made the wrong the wrong move or to have operated in fear right. or to have not trusted myself or yeah. to have the shorter come outcome because everything we want is on the other side of being uncomfortable. And, that and, every, so right. and everything so at that right. moment that I was going through in terms of trying to sell this business, cause I had everyone who hated it and me at the moment for trying to do this and, tr- and you know, and mm-hmm. it was like, I'm going to be uncomfortable and that willingness, it taught me a brand new lesson in life. So when I got to your business, it was easy. It was easy for me to say, listen, Mark Stoner, look at me. I know you don't want to hear this, but I need you to consider A, B, and C. But it wasn't about me being right. And that's what leadership is really about. It's about invoking change. It's about um, shifting not just um, it's about trusting yourself and and I could feel myself walking around certain things and I knew that they weren't right, but it was bigger than you. It was all the amazing Mm. people who worked at your company that I had the luxury of spending time with. It was about your daughter that I was in love with. You know, it was like all these amazing people that are impacted by the great work that you're doing. And in my mind, I was like, well, gosh, I've been given this amazing opportunity. Let me serve Mark Stoner and this company at its highest, at its at its highest game. And and I and I believe every person should be fighting for that in everything they do. So once you left us, how did you hit on, you know, the do the damn thing and uh, the thought process of of doing, you know, thinking bigger and and taking your consulting service to the next level after i left uh, sold my company i 
didn't really know what I what I was doing. I, I wasn't trying to teach. I, I did work with your company, but that wasn't my dream or goal. I just was really good about it, and I I mean, good at it, and I cared about it. So that experience during that time, I started speaking on stages, and it wasn't about speaking. It was right. really just about meeting humans. Um, meeting people I'd never met before, people who didn't look like me, didn't have the same religion, didn't have the same political background. Um, and through that experience, I, I, I found, I walked into what it was like to just be human. And I found out that everybody was mm-hmm. the same under the cover and that we were facing the same fears and, and insecurities and drama and, and BS at home and, and different things going on. So, um, I started to teach people in micro sectors how to do what I had done, because at the end of the day, I built a seven figure business and I never made at that time. Everybody was talking about create a funnel. And I was like, well, forget the flipping funnel. I mean, I built a seven figure business and I never even used the Internet to sell. So if I could do it, you know, anybody can do it. That was kind of where my heart was. But it was more than it was more than really about be, building a seven figure business. Mm-hmm. It was about me looking at really great, amazing humans who were talented and skilled and had big hearts, but they couldn't get out of their situations. And, um, it, you know, from meeting parents who had children with cancer and um, siblings who had another sibling with cerebral palsy um, and m- my my reasoning for starting a business was to solve my own real world problem. I wanted to stop going to bed hungry. I wanted to stop feeling like I was inadequate. I wanted to stop being judged by other things. Um, And I wanted to respond to life on my own terms. Fast forward. I, you know, sometimes Mark, I look up and I'm, and I kind of even don't even, I kind of don't believe all of the work we've done in the last five years. We've literally touched hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions. I mean, I'm sure indirectly it's millions for sure, but like, but directly it's in the hundreds of thousands. I mean, last year I saw 10,000 people in person live, you know, like it's crazy. We've produced now 40, 50 live events and um and i coach train but i'm teaching i mean we're working with businesses and brands of all sizes to use their story to change their entire business and it started with me let me you know what's fascinating it it actually started with me working with ashbusters because i what i saw there was um, yeah, there were a lot of problems in, in, in one aspect, but there were a lot of amazing parts to what you did. And it reminded me so much of some of the small, on a smaller scale of things that I had done, but it was all based on who I am. What I found is that there was a whole lot of amazing people who were drawn to Mark Stoner's heart. And it wasn't necessarily his kindness. It was his heart. It was who he was. It was his values. It was his story his sense of humor. And the more I walked around and I understood the value of what you exposing yourself, your weaknesses and your human card in the game. And as a CEO, it's, it's a game changer. And it led me to get on stage and say, well, listen, I'll tell you this, the number one marketing tool that you could have today is your story. It got challenged. A lot of people didn't like that statement. Um, you know, I also I, I, I also went as far as to say, well, if you if you have your story in business, you kind of don't really need anything else to build whatever you want. I look back now and I'm like, my story has allowed us to to um, t- 
to touch pe- to be in front of people and companies that would never entertain right. me. Um, it's allowed us to build an audience where we're still 30% male. Um, we're 30% male. We're 30% male <laughs> and white. I want to highlight that. The other well, your message is, it just uh, transcends. It's, it's, it's good for anybody. Yeah, because it's really about, you know, for me, it's like, here, it's really, I'm going to tell you this in a nutshell. Every human has a story. And I don't mean that every human has stories. Yes, we have stories. We have things that have happened on the timeline of our life event. But every single human has an actual story, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And we teach, the first thing, the reason why we do live events is we teach that you can tell your entire story in three sentences. And if you can nail telling your entire story in three sentences and you can build the company you want, the hiring process that you want, the company culture that you want, you can build the movement that you want, um, you can turn your family around. It's like a sense of being whole because most humans on this planet, especially business owners, especially CEOs, and I'll go the next leg, the CEOs who are running a company where they have to be visible in the company, Mm -hmm. they are quick to tell the beginning and the middle, or they're quick to tell the good and the bad of a story or themselves. But so rarely do we ever walk into the ugly. Yeah. But the ugly is it's man, Mark, it's like the ugly has the lessons. Yeah. The the ugly has the how it has the how we actually did it. The ugly has the human parts of us. The ugly has the connection. And in our community and do the damn thing nation, we believe that connection is currency. So if I, yeah, I can absolutely share my good and my bad, but as long as I hide from my ugly, then I'm hiding from myself as a leader, as a, for me, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as a partner, as an employer, I'm hiding. And, you know, I for sure knew on a smaller scale that your that our abilities as CEOs to take story and put it in the forefront is a big deal. But now... Five years later, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, 40-some live events, and all types of businesses. I mean, we've added millions of dollars to the economy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nope, it starts with story. And this is not about being woo-woo. This is about being human. And, And in today's market, there is nothing, there's no one that can compete. There is no company that can compete with my story. You can compete with my slogan. You can compete with my font colors, with my website. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can compete with all those other things that I could have in business. My team, the tools we're using, yep. the spreadsheets. But you cannot compete with my story. And, you know, I was just tell- teaching the other day that it's like, you know, because someone asked me, a actually really big company, um, they're doing north of like 20, 25 million. They're like, yeah, but Tiffany, that's for a personal brand, you know? And I'm like, nope, I'm going to correct you because at the end of the day, Apple is Steve Jobs, yeah. period. It is, it is every bit of who he was as a human. And, and the core of it is that it's not just about his creativity. It has to do with his ideals, his philosophies. Right his own values, his own story from childhood to teenage to 20s and, 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 and his willingness to walk the other direction allowed Apple to be the most cash rich company forever, allowed them to sell products and services at a premium price and slay the market. And I I don't care what anybody says, they continue to slay the market, whether you like them or not. 
And it, it's what it's what allowed him to walk back into that company so long ago. And in my opinion, save them and bring them back from the red back to the black. It's his story and who he is that's in his high was in his hiring process, his partnerships, his the way he designed the products and, and the offer and 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 then his willingness to stand in front of audiences when he was just starting to talk about the phone and or the the app iPhone I should say like he changed the game so you I mean I know just in the time that you've been building this business and that you've run into some real headwind right you've had all kinds of issues crop up from employees to to health to uh, to uh you know location you know they change everything on you i remember that one time you, oh you had God. a whole big thing set up and they they either forgot i can't remember was it forgot about it or canceled and tried to put you in another location like you've had a real headwind it's i i wonder if i'd understand that tiffany just because she's got a, a great attitude and she understands she's going to go head went head hard into it you've run into some just gigantic barriers getting there i have i have uh, it's the truth of them that is the truth i've run into things that i've had people say tiffany I've, I've been in business for 20 years never seen anything like it yeah. and it's easy in those moments and those times, especially when you have to trust yourself as a CEO, because I, you know, I pay payroll every two weeks mm-hmm. and it's like, and, and I have three kids, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I, I have a life that I, I have to live too. And, and it's like, it's easy to doubt yourself or to say, man, I'm headed down the wrong road or man, I don't think this was the right path or man, I shouldn't have, I should have played it more safe. I, I should have, I shouldn't have, you know, um, but, but, the, but that's the wrong time. It's like, if I was going to bet, I think the thing that allows me to just kind of keep, keep doing the damn thing is that I keep betting on me. Yeah. Like I'm the best bet that I'll ever, I can ever make me betting on other people, different conversation, but, but, but I'm betting on me. I'm betting on my dreams. I'm betting on my story. I'm betting on my values. I'm betting your on work ethic. What I, I mean, you're thing. one of the hardest working people I know. I mean, you when I was with out with you out there in Los Angeles, you didn't stop talking to people to two or three in the morning, and then you had to get back up at six to to start the next <laughs> yes. thing. I mean, you gave all. I mean, I have rarely seen someone just give and give and give till there's nothing left. It seems like you do that. And it's so funny because I work with all kinds of different people and to try to tell somebody that that's what it takes is that level of grit and just get through it and give all. Most people aren't willing to give all. They aren't willing to give it all. They kind of just put their toe in the water. And if they start, if it feels a little cold, they they say. I do. I mean, yeah, hands down, I do. I see it a lot. Um, and I know there's a, I know that the average like business owner, and I'll just speak to that part of our world or economy. It's like, um, there's a lot of people who will say, yeah, Tiffany, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but the, na- the numbers and the statistics kind of are what they are. Like, you know, the last couple of years, plus or minus maybe five to 6%, you know, um, I think it's like 89% of all small businesses that have been in business for two years or more or something, they, they, don't get to six figures. They did not get to six figures. I think it's like 8.9%, if not 9% gets to six figures. 
and then it's like 1.7 gets to seven mm-hmm. figures you know less than less than 90 percent or less than 10 percent i should say of the entire business economy doesn't get to six figures i don't believe because they don't have great products or services i don't believe it's because they're not talented very highly skilled people I 100% believe that it's because um, being in business is kind of like being in the fight of your life. It's like fighting for yourself at a whole nother level. And it requires you to be to to do the damn thing, but not once. It requires you to do the damn thing daily. Yeah. It, re- it requires you to lead and, and not be led. It requires you to go in a direction when where there's no one else walking with you and you've just got to pave your own way. And I think for most people that's hard because it also requires you to be vulnerable. Right. Um, and and no one real f- for I don't want to say for whatever reason, but no one wants to be vulnerable. And but inside of the vulnerability is the strength. Inside of the vulnerability is the 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 next level. Inside of vulnerability or facing fear or walking through fear, not leaving it behind. Is the is the dream that we're fighting for? It's kind of like like for me, it's why I got into business in the first place. But I'll you know, but I'll tell you, Mark. For me, like when when you see me on stage or my live event, it's it's not. Yes, I do have a, a work ethic um, for sure, and it's it's. I mean, bottom line is you is tough to outwork mm-hmm. me. That's just mm-hmm. a given. But in the same breath. I, uh, I know that the person who's walked in through our doors, the person who has bought a ticket, I know the person who is there. I do not take for granted the fact that they've given me the one thing they will never get back on this planet, which is mm-hmm. their time. And I know that they've been there in front of me for a reason. It's kind of like if you're the CEO of a company right now and there mm-hmm. are employees, especially if you're privately owned and there are employees inside of your world, they're there with you for a reason for you to teach, to leave, to give, to gift something to them. It's all by design. And so I, I don't want to, I don't want to go to bed at night or finish that event and say to myself, man, John didn't get what he needed to go back and do the damn thing. I, I don't want him to miss a thing because life is so damn short it's so short it's so short so it's like i i wake up committed to giving this thing uh, giving that person regardless of how much they've paid or what it took for them to get there the 225 percent because you know when i go to the grave i'm i I just want my i just want to be like completely used up i don't want nothing to be left and go back to the grave with me Um, i'm here to, to to i'm here to serve people at my highest level and I'm the only person, I'm the only person who can gauge what that highest level is. And it's like I may not have to face other people, but I, it, you know, whether you believe in heaven or not, I, I've got to face my maker at some point. And I, um, and I don't want to, I don't want anyone to, I don't want to go there and say, well, I sort of did the damn thing. <laughs> I, 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 I sort of. I'm not trying to do that at all. Not even close. No, and you know the truth is Can you hear this train in my background? I do, and it's awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) So continue. I'm like, oh my god, I'm trying to record the train right here. Um, So, so I'm sorry. Well, it's really simple. I just, I just know that, I just know that there are people out there who do it for me. That's it. And I, I've, yeah. you know, I've had the great fortune of having a person like you in my life for, 
I mean, a half of the last decade plus. And I, I mean, there are people in my life who give and pour into me in ways that money cannot buy. And I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for them. And I wouldn't be able to dream as big as I dream or even desire or want or believe that I could be possible at another level than beyond where I am if it wasn't for that. So I know that I need to be that person for those people who show up and who and who give me the one thing they can't get back their time. Well, Tiffany, it is so great. You, um, I love seeing how many lives you, you're changing and you're exciting. And those people at your events were there the entire time. And you and I took the stage from like, I can't remember, was oh it gosh. nine o'clock? And we talked to everybody till like yes. one in the morning. Like we, you know, they were so hungry. We, you and I sat up there and did a question and answer for hours and we'd already been you you'd given it all all day long and then we're like hey everybody take a quick break and we're going to do a question and answer and we thought it might be an hour or two i think we were up there for four hours four hours like it it was was, four and a half yeah they were so hungry and nobody left nobody was on their phones nobody was looking around they were all just really tied into what we were talking about it was it was unbelievable i think we started drinking tequila too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we did we did start drinking tequila too <laughs> i think it made us more more exciting more interesting but you know and oh wait here's a disclaimer no one started drinking tequila until like hour an hour and a half in so it's not like we started like that i yeah i think it was it was a couple hours in we're like hey we're gonna, we're gonna have, have to, to get some we have to you know break this up we're <laughs> yeah, gonna have to but fun. then here and here's the other part of it and they yeah. knew they had to be up and back in the room by nine o'clock the next morning Oh yeah, and you were up for some early thing. Remember, you were up early for the the yep. ladies who were speaking, uh, the people and the guys that were speaking yes. on stage. So. <laughs> well, Tiffany, um, thank you so much for being on this podcast and giving your thing. How do people find out more about you or get to know about your movement? How do they? Yeah. They get in touch um, with you? So let me. Let's see. So come find us somewhere on social media and do the damn thing nation it is super easy to find us do the damn thing nation come and hang out with us there whether that's on linkedin or on facebook um i'm gonna say this if you have a i need to tell my story or i need to see if this story thing can help me in my business or i don't know if this thing's even valuable i'm gonna ask you to head to crush it with your story and if all else fails and you're like i don't know what the hell they said just send us an email to hello at at com <laughs> and and somehow my team will, will, will get you down the right path. Oh, that's so good. All right, Tiffany, you take care. And uh, guys, that's my time. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.